This is the How'd You Get Into That Podcast with Grant Baldwin, episode 41. Let's do it. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to episode 41. My name is Grant. It is a great honor to have you hanging out with us today. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on. I know that there's plenty of things that you could be doing with your time right now, but you chose to hang out with us today. It really means a lot. I really appreciate it. I hope these uh, episodes, these interviews, these guests that we are bringing to you are uh, encouraging and inspiring to you as you uh, are on your own journey to find and do work you love. We've got a great episode for you today. Really, really excited about the uh, today's guest. Hey, before we get to that, I want to give you a quick shout out to today's sponsor, 99designs. With 99designs, you can get a design you love, professional, high-quality results. You can have dozens of designers competing to deliver you the best possible design. You get 100% money-back guarantee nothing to lose. Stop by 99designs.com slash grant and check them out. Before we get to today's guest, uh, I also want to tease you about something we're doing just this week. All right. You want to make sure that you listen to episodes as they come out. And if you haven't already... I'll just mention this to you. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Don't just download episodes as they come out. Subscribe so you never miss anything, all right? We may throw something at you from time to time, and we want to make sure that nothing slips through uh, the cracks there. So you can go to uh, grandbaldo.com slash iTunes or grandbaldo.com slash Stitcher. Subscribe to the podcast so you never... That way, every time a new episode comes out, you automatically, your, your phone or your gadget or your device automatically downloads it. You never miss anything there. So make sure you do that. Hey, we get a lot of people that are reach out that are interested in our, our coaching services or interested in, hey, can I just pick your brain on something? So we try to just answer a few emails here and there and as many as, as possible. But there's only so in-depth that we can go on any individual email. So one of the things that we want to do this week is we're going to be giving away just a, a free coaching session with me where you can just pick my brain on anything and everything that you would like related to uh, speaking or podcasting or business or transition or life or flowers or cupcakes or unicorns or I don't know, whatever it is that you want to chit chat about, we are fair game for. So we're going to be giving that away. I'm going to tell you at the end of the episode how you can get in on that, but you won't want to miss out on it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Looking forward to sharing that with you again at the end of the episode. So don't fast forward. Don't start skipping ahead. Just stick with us. Stick with the interview. And uh, it's a good one today. And then we will tell you after the interview uh, how you can get in on that coaching giveaway. All right. Today, I'm bringing to you my friends, uh, Elsie Larson and Emma Chapman. They are the sisters, the girls behind a website called abeautifulmess.com. This is a really cool site you got to check out. It's a, a women's lifestyle company uh, that is focused on creating happiness every day through a homemade lifestyle. It's just a sharp side, just really, really cool story and journey that these girls had. Uh, on the, the blog, they talk about home decor projects, recipes, crafts, uh, just all types of stuff related to life. So if you're into Pinterest at all, these are your girls. All right, These girls are really, really cool, uh, really creative, uh, very, very smart, and really just have a cool journey of how they started something small and it's turned into something massive. They've had best-selling apps and and books and just some some great stuff. So we get into all of that today. Let's do it. Enough of me jabbering. Let's get to this. Enjoy again. This is Elsie Larson, Emma Chapman from a beautiful Here you go. All right, what's up? Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by my local friends, Emma Chapman and Elsie Larson, the ladies behind A Beautiful Mess. What is up, girls? How you doing? Hey. 
Hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Off we go. No, that's good. We're keeping that in. That's staying in. We're not editing this out. You get one take. You girls run this this massive site, A Beautiful Mess, which is a, uh, you got your hands on a lot of different things. So for someone that may just be uh, hearing about you guys for the first time, give us a, a snapshot of your business. Yeah. So we started out as a blog about seven years ago, and we still do that. That We consider that kind of like the uh, the main the main thing that we're into, and it's a beautifulmess.com. And we just share all sorts of women's lifestyle type content. So decorating your house, cooking, crafts. We're gearing up for the holidays now, so there's going to be lots of homemade gift projects and different things like that. And um, users can just go onto the site and get lots of free inspiration to hopefully have a little bit of a more happy and colorful life. And that's that's that in a nutshell. And we see right around 1.5 million unique visitors who visit our site every single month. And so over the years, as we've built that, we've tried to find other resources and other business opportunities that we can bring to those readers, things that they might be interested in and things that we want to do. So one thing is we've started doing books. We've done two books now. Our second book came out a couple weeks ago. And it's called A Beautiful Mess, Happy Handmade Home. And it's all about home decor. So books are fun. And we also have two apps. Our second app came out, what, like two months ago? Yeah. Or so. And so the first one was called A Beautiful Mess after our blog. And the second one's called Party Party. And they're both photo editing apps. So you can use them to just, you know, make your cell phone photos more cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty fun. And then um, we also sell e-courses on our website. So we teach people all kinds of things from basic photography skills to how to write a better blog, you know, just different things that we feel like our readers might be interested in. And then this fall, we plan on coming out with our very first line of physical products. And it's going to be a lot of paper products and uh, stationery, and then some home goods and women's accessories. And we haven't announced too much about it yet, so I'm kind of like being vague, I guess. <laughs> but we're really, really excited about it because we haven't had a ton of stuff that people could like hold in their hands. Yeah. We're very like online. So that's a whole new thing for us, and we're really excited about it. Nice. I mean, it yeah. sounds like there's no uh, no boredom in your guys' lives at all. You've got your hands in a lot of different things. But I mean, obviously, you don't just come out of the gate and create all that. So let's backtrack a little bit. So you, girl, you girls are sisters, correct? Yeah, yeah. All right. So you seem to get along. Like, is that always been yeah. the case? Or like, give us a snapshot of, of what life was like growing up. Yeah, we became besties when we were like, I was like in high school and Emma was in junior high. And we would, like, go thrift store shopping every day after school together as soon as I got my driver's license. So we've been best yeah. friends for a long time. <laughs> Going yeah. thrift, thrift, shop, thrift shopping uh, yep. every day after school and just living the dream. I mean, what more could you want there? So you're doing that. Yeah. Growing up and even into high school, what was it that you were kind of planning on doing? Did you want to do something together? Or were you kind of thinking, you know, we'll just kind of grow up and do our own thing and that's kind of the way life works? Or, or what were kind of the paths that you were on? I think we definitely thought we would grow up and do our own thing, and we kind of experimented with a lot of different career choices in our early 20s, but in kind of our middle 20s is when we started doing business together, and it's been amazing. 
Yeah, I think the first thing we like did business-wise together was we uh, did wedding photography in, <laughs> in here, our hometown, Springfield, Missouri. And that was really fun. And I think that's a bit like photography is still a big part of our jobs and a part of our website. So that's kind of where that started. But we also kind of, I think, a little bit found our groove like working together through that experience, even though we didn't end up wanting to stay wedding photographers forever. But it was fun. <laughs> what, uh, at the time, like early 20s, what were the paths that each of you were on? What were you kind of thinking you were going to be doing long term? So for a, a while, Emma lived in L.A. and she was pursuing acting. And I had my first scrapbooking product line for a couple of years. So that was like what we were doing when we were separate. And then a couple of years after that is when we started working on the blog together. Yeah, I well, I went to college and studied philosophy and then I decided to move to L.A. to do comedic acting. So I think I really knew exactly what I wanted to do. It sounds like sure. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So are you, just, are you just trying a couple of different things? Just feeling like, all right, philosophy, comedic acting. I'm just going to try, throw some stuff against the wall and just see what sticks. And just kind of feeling, are you just kind of feeling like you're all over the map? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think one thing for me, and I don't know, probably also agrees. Like we grew up, our mom was an art teacher. And our dad did music, mostly at our church. And they, so they're both very creative people. So they always encouraged us to just kind of be creative and follow our hearts a little bit. And they were really supportive in that way, which is awesome. And I love that about them so much. And what it led to is two adults who are like, well, let's just do what we want to do and see what works and see what doesn't work. And so that's kind of how I've always approached I don't know, looking for a job, I guess, is like, what do I want to do? What do I feel like I enjoy or could be good at? And it's been a lot of different things because you don't really know when you're young. <laughs> you're like, uh, who am I? What am I good at? Yeah. But yeah. Totally. So you, you come back from LA and are you immediately thinking like, all right, screw this like normal work stuff. Like, let's just create something together. Or how does the blog start to kind of come into existence? So we had a local store. We actually have like two locations. And when we were getting ready to open the second location, that's when I talked Emma into moving home because she could have a little cupcake bakery inside of the store. I love and so, Yeah. <laughs> and so that was our business plan originally. But during our first year of running the store, we had so much free time because during the weekdays, it was like basically empty all the time. And we were just like working on the blog during that time. And we started to realize that we were making more money and having more fun working on the blog than we were doing the retail store. So that's kind of how it happened. It wasn't really a decision. It was more like something that fell into place. Gotcha. Yeah, we were just figured out what was working and just grew that part of it, which is really smart. And I think it took us a long time to figure that out. <laughs> so, I'm glad we finally did. <laughs> when you were doing the retail shop, what kind of stuff were you, were you selling? It was a vintage store. And then we had Emma's cupcake bakery and she also had bubble tea. So it was adorable. And we did it for about two years. And then Last year, we finally like admitted to ourselves that we were probably never going to work there again, and we 
went ahead and closed it. So we just like were completely ready to focus all of our energy online. So it sounds like in some ways you're doing the retail, you're doing the blog, and you're kind of going on the same track with them. But then the blog's a lot more fun. It seems to be taking off, gaining more traction, maybe more so than the retail store. So at what point are you kind of like, what if we just put all of our eggs in that basket and just focused on the, the blog? It was when we got our first book deal. We rented a separate studio space to work on the book, and we started hiring people to work in the store. And after that, I feel like we kind of very rarely worked in there because we just didn't have time with, like, the blog and the book. I think once we realized that we could, we were starting to, like, make more money selling advertisements on the blog, and we realized we could hire someone full-time to help us with, like, that side of it and and just work on the blog more and we were like well that's that's a business then if it can afford to do that so it's its own thing and we're still like kind of doing two separate things and we need to focus on one and do a really good job at it because that's going to be what's going to you know be more successful and so we picked the blog because we enjoyed it more and it was more successful in gaining more strides than the local shop. Was that an easy decision for you? Because it seems like there's a lot of people who I know that listen to the show who are trying to figure out what it is that they want to do with life. And they've got a lot of different interests and competing things that sound cool. You know, part of me wants to do philosophy and part of me wants to do comedic acting. And I've got all these like different parts of me that I'm intrigued by. So how do you pick which one? So it sounds like for you guys, uh, like a big part of the decision making process was this just over here just seems more fun to do rather than the retail shop over here. Yeah, I think that it was growing more and we felt like we had a future with it and we were realizing that we wanted to grow it beyond just the two of us and we wanted to be able to do more than like in retail, you kind of do the same thing every day. We wanted to be able to do more and more side projects and stuff. So it was kind of an obvious choice to us, but it definitely took a little while to realize it. Did you start? I think it was... I'm sorry, did you start the, the blog and the retail shop at the same time? No, I had the blog from like way back when I had my scrapbooking line. So it was just kind of like I always had a blog for fun. And when I started it, it really was not meant to be any type of a business at all. And then over the years, like when we had our first retail store, someone suggested that I sold sidebar ads as a way to help support the store. And so I started doing that. And so it just kind of like happened really slowly and really unintentionally. When you're you're doing the blog, it sounds like there's a lot of people that would be in a similar spot of just like, I'm just doing the blog because it's just fun. You know, there's zero monetary potential here. It's just fun. It's just a little bit of an outlet. Are you just doing scrapbooking? Or are you starting to do like all kinds of just projects and just things that are of interest to you or just kind of throwing things again against the wall and seeing what sticks? Or do you like, is it real just kind of an intentionality of no, no, this is what this blog is about. And this is why I'm doing it. And I hope it grows or kind of what, what's your thought behind the blog? Like at that time? Yeah. When you're, when you're just getting like, started. Yeah, it was not planned at all. It, I had no, <laughs> no schedule, no features, nothing like that. I think that now when people start blogs, they look at other blogs and they see structure and they see success and they kind of model after that. But I didn't see that at that time because it really didn't exist yet. So it was just my friends were putting up pictures of their kids and their houses and their scrapbook projects. And I did the same thing, too, you know, with my life. So it was just for fun. 
So you're blogging about a bunch of different stuff there. Were you just continually just kind of adding pieces to the puzzle of, well, that sounds cool over there. So let's add that into our repertoire. And that sounds interesting. So let's blog about that too. And or how is it kind of evolving and taking shape over time? I'm trying to, well, no, I'm trying to remember when, I think when it started to really snowball was when we started doing like more shareable type content. That's what we call it now. Back then we didn't really realize that's what it was necessarily, but it was just like, um, like DIY tutorials. So you can learn how to do something and recipes. Yeah. I'm trying to, why we even decided to do that. I think, I mean, we, we did that. I think it just felt like something that we could do more of it. Like, and it was reasonable for us to put more of it out there because like doing like a personal blog when you're blogging about like your vacation or whatever, like you can't really get like enough of that to fill. Yeah. I can't take a vacation every day. That's true. <laughs> something we were interested in, you know, at the time, like we were trying our little hair tutorials and makeup ideas for real. So yeah, a lot of stuff was about style at first because we felt like we were trying to use the blog to, um, I don't know, prop up our local shop, mm-hmm. which is was you know all about vintage style. So a lot of features started out kind of that way. How long did it take you with the blog before you started seeing some traction and you felt like, I think we might have something here. I think we're on to something. Well, honestly, I always thought that a crazy amount of people read the blog. Even when we first started, it was like 3,000 people a day usually for the first several years. And I always thought that was crazy. But I think it was in 2012 when we hit our first million in a month. And at that time, we still didn't think we would ever hire anyone or anything like that. But we started to realize that maybe it could make more money than anything else we could do. And we started to take it a lot more seriously and invest a lot more time in it. But it sounds, I mean, today, obviously, you've got a very successful, thriving business. You guys are killing it. But it sounds like in some ways, when you're starting off, it's just it's just kind of a passion project. It's just, we're going to do this because it's fun. And whether it makes a lot of money or zero money, it's really enjoyable. I get to hang out with my sister. It's kind of a, a win-win all the way around. Definitely, yeah. I think that for a long time, we thought we would have three or four different ways of making money, and the blog would just be one of them. And I mean, that is true. But our blog has kind of become like the central location for how we communicate with people who support all of our projects, like our products and our apps and our books. So it's kind of like the mothership of our business. Yeah, it's the mothership. mothership. <laughs> nice. Very good. Very good. So the blog's beginning to expand, beginning to, to gain some traction. Is there anything that you're doing to help it gain traction? Or how are people, how are 3000 people finding out about it when you're get, just getting started? We were just kind of like analyzing what worked. It was very DIY. We would just, you know, put up new posts. If they were popular, we would do more of that type of thing. If we loved doing it, you know, we do more of that type of thing. That was really how we, and it's still kind of how we discover new features. It's just like, do people like it? And we like doing it? Okay, cool. We'll do more of that. So, so it sounds like you're just kind of, kind of rolling with the punches and just kind of, well, let's just, let's just try it. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, great. And uh, it sounds like it's just kind of evolved from there. Yeah, we feel like being adaptable is one of the big keys to our success and probably like one of the things that was holding us back before we were successful. You know, like you can't force your business to take a shape when you have 
you know, readers or fans or whatever, like they kind of get to determine the directions you go in in some way. Yeah, it's definitely a joint effort. And mm-hmm. You have to see where you all want to travel on the mothership. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Keep coming back to the mothership. All right, so how do you how do you balance? You girls are the drivers of the mother. We'll keep coming back to the mothership analogy. So you're driving the mothership, but you've got a million passengers that are along for the ride, and they're saying they want to go one way, but you're driving the ship and you want to go a different way. So how do you kind of like? How do you kind of pick and choose what projects you do or what path or course that you take the proverbial mothership on with what they're saying versus what you want to do and what sounds fun or exciting or cool to you? These are really good questions. Yeah, very I brought my A well, game. You're local girls. You're not, you're, you're not getting any canned questions from me today. I feel like it's definitely a combination of what we're, what we feel strongly about, like if we're passionate about a subject, we will blog about that subject and we'll find a way to make our readers like it. But also, you know, if they love something and we're like medium on it, maybe we'll get more into it because they inspire us to do that. So I think it definitely goes both ways. I mean, obviously we can't listen to every single comment that we get and some of them are not every single reader is on the same page, but we definitely keep our finger on the pulse of our readers. Gotcha. So as the blog is expanding and growing, is the first like real monetization for you guys just doing banner ads? Yes, that was our first way to make money. Do you want to know the second one? <laughs> <laughs> You're just teasing us. Yeah. Yes, we would like to know the second way. So the second one was in content advertising, and then yeah, about Trey, Trey's big glory. Yeah, well, yeah, well, at very first we started selling our own banner ads, and it was pretty much just Elsie and I, and mostly me managing that. And as I've already told you, I have no background in any business anything ever. So, you know, figuring out like how to price that and how to properly communicate like the expectations and, you know, how it's going to work and what they get and what they don't get and so on and so forth with people who are interested in displaying an ad on our site was a whole learning curve for us. And I think we made made mistakes and just stayed honest and did our best and it, and it grew and we made money that way. And that was awesome. And then we finally had enough money. We could hire someone who knew more about business and that's when I hired my boyfriend, yes. who is now my husband and still works for us. And then looking back, I'm like, that was a crazy move. That really could have paid off big or really not. And so far, it's paid off big. <laughs> so, bet, bet the farm on a relationship. Yeah, yeah. kind of. But uh, he had been working in um, advertising and marketing. And so he had heard everything that I was talking about from my days at work and the challenges that we saw and and the things that I wanted to do, but didn't know how to do. And he had a lot of opinions about it and a lot of, you know, opinions with experience and knowledge behind it that I didn't have because of his background and his work. So it made a lot of sense that we should bring him on and let him gear that up. And so he did. And he basically, I think he quadrupled our income like within the first couple months. And that was awesome. So yeah, we had a little party for him and it was like, it was amazing. So it was our first time to hire a full-time employee and obviously like a huge risk and commitment that we were nervous about, but just seeing like, what someone else could offer when they brought their very different talents and skills to our business really inspired us to keep building our team. 
Definitely. So whenever you start off, though, I mean, obviously, uh, let me ask you this. How, how many years are you doing the blog before the fairy tale boyfriend comes in to save the day? Oh, I like these. I guess like five, five or five and a half or something because he was with us before our sixth birthday, right? Yeah. So I, I think most people are like, that's a crazy long time of five, five and a half years, six years where you're just figuring it out before it like really like starts to take off significantly, you know, and you can, yeah. you're at a spot where you can hire help and it can really start to really scale up. And you're like, wow, we're supporting not only ourselves, but now we can afford someone else. And this is really cool. But five and a half years of just in the trenches of just plugging along and grinding along. And were there times where throughout those five, five and a half years where you're just like, is this even worth it? Do I want to keep doing this? What if we just went and got real jobs? Forget this. Are there ever times where you're just like, I just want to, I just want to throw in the towel. I like, I like my sister most days, but at this moment I could kill her. So forget this. Let's just go our separate way. So are you, there ever moments like that? Yeah. I mean, I think that in the early years, probably like before we were working together, cause ever since we've been working together, Emma has really like set our business on its feet but before that, my parents definitely told me at certain points, like, maybe you should think about working for, you know, doing a scrapbooking line again, because I had my first store and I was struggling and stuff. So we definitely had hard times. Do you want to tell one? No. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we, you know, yeah, we, I think we grew up like with not a whole lot of money, so it didn't really bother us not to have a lot of money for a long yeah. time. And then also like it was, it was just for fun. So I don't know. I have hobbies right now that I do pretty often and they don't make any money and I have no real expectation that they ever will. And I, it was like that. It was like, you don't really feel as in the trenches, you know, as sometimes we even do now because, you know, there's just more pressure now because we do have to support a staff and, and all that stuff business. So all that business crap I got to deal with now. We got to be grown-ups. What happened to us? Yep, totally. Taxes, health insurance, all nine yards. Yeah. <laughs> all right, here's one thing I'm curious about. So you girls are you're you're doing the blog, it's gaining traction, and then you had an app come out a couple years ago, and uh, if I remember correctly, it was at one point like the top-selling app on all of iTunes of all of the bajillion apps anywhere in all of the world. Is that correct? Yeah, actually, both of our apps were the top paid app, and A Beautiful Mess was in the top 10 of all, like, even the games, you know? Yeah. Even the games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the games are hard to beat. So, so you're competing yeah. with the angry birds at its peak, and yeah. you're going neck and neck with those dumb birds. What's that like when you release an app and it, like, literally explodes in a great way? What's going through your minds at that point? It was a very life-changing experience for us when we started working on it. We were doing it with the intention that, like, this is a good idea. It's something that we would buy. But if we lose all this money that we're investing, we're okay with that. We're going to be fine, you know, and it's just a risk we're taking. So seeing it, like, really take off in the first couple weeks, we sold, like, a couple hundred thousand, and it was amazing. It was, like another planet yeah it was a jaw drop moment for sure and like everyone had told us not to do the app like <laughs> everyone we were the only two people who were like no it's gonna be great i think people will buy this we it's it's a good idea and everyone else was like no how much are you spending building that no don't do that and we were like nah we're just gonna do it it'll be fine <laughs> and so 
seeing it, like, actually, I think by the time it did launch, in my mind, I had already come to terms with, yeah, this isn't going to make any money because I had just heard it over and over. So I was like, that's cool. We're just going to see this through because we already started it. And so then to watch it explode like that was just kind of like a holy cow moment. <laughs> so, For having, fun. like, such a successful <laughs> app and a successful blog and a successful brand, you both seem like you're really just kind of chill and carefree and just laid back and kind of, yeah, we just kind of roll with it and we do what's fun. And if it's not fun, we don't do it. And if it works great and if it flops, oh, well, and just kind of, is that something that just comes with time or how do we get, uh, I think sometimes people just, we put so much pressure on ourselves that it has to work and it all has to fall into place. And I have to know what my next thing is, but how do we get to a point where we can just feel a lot more relaxed and comfortable with, with the outcome, whether it's positive or negative? on anything that we try well first of all thank you yeah (laughs) so i think we both have something right that i have but anyway okay so (laughs) whenever i was really poor when i got some really good business advice from a friend and he said that it would really help me if i diversified my income and had three or four streams of income instead of just one because you really can't trust just one stream of income And so having that now, it took us a long time to get to that point. That was like five years ago when I got that advice. So we've slowly over time built up our four major income sources. And at different points of the year, they're all pretty equal and they're all pretty strong. And it's something that really helps us to feel like like if one thing flops or we can take risks, you know, like we can, we're never going to like sink the ship on one bad decision. Yeah, the only, I mean, I think, yeah, that's totally true. Just having the all different, you know, ways of making money makes it so much safer to be risky and to not feel like, oh my gosh, every single day, you know, because you're really not sure. But also I would say like, we're still, you know, trying to figure that out. I think that we're, we get really stressed. Well, and, and also everybody gets stressed. Work is work is work at a certain point. Everybody feels that. But it's also, I think, really hard to find yourself in a place that you never really dreamed you would be and kind of feel like, am I completely inadequate to do this? Like, I don't, I don't know how to run a business where people have their full-time job, you know, hinging on me and my decisions. Like that's scary. And just a lot of responsibility that I never, I'm not trained to do. And, you know, you have those moments where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I, smart enough or, you know, have any skills or valuable or, you know, everybody kind of has those self-doubt moments. And so I think it's just, uh, you keep going and try a bunch of things. You talk to people who are, who are your loved ones and they support you and having that support system is a big deal at certain times. And you just keep going and know that you will flop, but you'll also succeed. You just have to keep going. (laughs) You just got to stay on the mothership. That's all you got to do. Yeah, don't get off. Yeah. <laughs> so looking back for, I think a lot of people that listen to the show are people that have a blog and they have their little side thing and they're, they're working on it and playing with it and they're, maybe they're getting traction, but not as much as they'd like to see. And they're getting, you know, a couple comments here and there and occasional email, but it's just, man, if I, if I could just speed this thing up and, and if I could make my mothership fly a little faster. So for people that are listening to this, is there anything that you would do differently going back when you started the blog and the site? I mean, it's a hard question because on one hand, obviously, like knowing what I know now, I would start a real blog from the beginning and, you know, do it, do it upright. But 
at the time, I kind of value that I didn't know all those things and that I got to do it just for fun for so long. So I'm glad that it happened how it happened. But if I were starting like a new blog tomorrow, I would definitely start it with a business plan. So I think part of it is just coming into like any new endeavor knowing is this a business or if it's, is it a hobby? Cause if it's a hobby, that's fine. You know, you can use some random goofy mm-hmm. template and just roll with it as a hobby. But if it's a, if it's a business, like treat it as a business, but it's difficult to kind of waffle between the bow and treat it like a hobby, but then be surprised that you're not getting business results. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we greatly respect people who have like a hobby that they put everything into and they make something amazing with it. So I think doing a blog as a hobby is like A plus, so cool. In some ways, we sometimes wish that we could do that. But if you're intending to do it as a business, you have to treat it like a business from the beginning. And I mean, maybe not from the beginning like we did, but at some point, you're going to have to treat it like a business. You're going to have to meet with an accountant. You're going to have to look at your stats and, you know, make hard decisions. And it can't be strictly a hobby at a certain point. But I think it's helpful to hear from from you girls. I mean, again, from the outside looking in, we're all going, man, they are, you know, they've got a successful site and they're killing it and they're doing great. But at the same time, you feel some of that imposter syndrome where you just kind of wake up and you're like, how did we end up here? Like, how did this whole thing happen? Like, all these people are reading our site and buying our stuff. And it's just like, I, I'm not prepared for this. You know, like my wife and I were joking about it the other day. We were, we were high school sweethearts. So we started dating when I was 15. 15. Isn't that crazy? I know. Get it out of your system. So we, uh, we dated for a while and then, you know, we've got three kids and three little girls. And so I live in my own little Barbie dream house. And so there's times where we look at each other and like, what happened? Like we we're grownups now and we used to be 15 and it was just a simple time as teenagers. And now we have a successful business and, you know, get to do all this cool stuff. But you have those moments where you're just like, part of me still feels like that weird, awkward teenager, you know, or where then all of a sudden you're making these big grown up decisions. And I don't even know where I'm going with that. But it's just it's it's good to know that we all just have that imposter feeling sometime where we're just going, how did this happen? How did I end up here? Oh, yeah, I think I have that like all the time. And it does, I, don't, I mean, it's not like I have some kind of low self esteem. I just think it's a regular thing that you're like, man, I was not planning for this and I feel really lucky and I don't want to mess it up. And You know, you're just kind of doing your best. Totally. Yes. Well, girls, if people want to find out more about you, if we want to uh, go read everything that you've ever written or taken pictures of, where can we go to find out more? Well, it's all on our blog, A Beautiful Mess. Um, our new book is called Happy Handmade Home. It's for sale on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Beautiful. And we're going to, uh, we're going to be looking for uh, new physical products coming to some secret store near us. Yes. We will be announcing it on the beautiful mess.com. Yes. Probably very soon. So we're launching it. So it's, it's happening. It's it's happening. It's in the works. Well, girls keep killing it. Enjoy the conversation. Enjoy the chat. And we will, uh, we'll look to talk to you again real soon. Thank you. Thank you. 
Boom. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that uh, episode 41 with uh, Elsie Larson and Emma Chapman of A Beautiful Mess. Make sure you stop by, you check out their site. You can go to grandbaldwin.com slash beautiful mess and check out uh, all the links, show notes, everything we discussed today. Or, of course, you can feel free to go directly to their site at abeautifulmess.com. Really good site. Again, make sure you check that out, support them, support what they are doing. One of the things I really liked about their story is how it's uh, they've been plugging away at this thing for like seven years now, which in internet years is like long, ridiculous amounts of time. And so many people, you know, we get started with something and we try it for a few months or try it even for maybe even a year and we're just, we're not gaining traction with it and we quit and we throw in the towel and we figure, we start asking questions, is this worth it? Should I keep doing this? One of the things I've noticed lately is people that are really, really successful online and offline are people that have really stuck with something for a long period of time. There is no such thing as an overnight success. People that all of a sudden you're like, wow, they all of a sudden they came on the scene and they I've never heard of them and they just they were this overnight success. I promise you they were not. They were working for years behind the scenes to make whatever their thing was happen. And so it's the same thing with with Elsie and Emma. They worked for years and years and years and really started gaining a lot of traction and significant traffic and, and interest in their site, but that came after years of just plugging away. So I don't know what it is that you're working on. I don't know what that, maybe that project is that you're tinkering with. Maybe you're working on something and you're just, you're just, you're frustrated with it. You're ready to throw in the towel. Just learn from their story that keep on keeping on. Have the wisdom to, to know when you should throw in the towel and when something's not working because there's nothing wrong with quitting. There's nothing wrong with walking away from something. But you don't want to quit when you're just you're that close to the thing working, that close to the thing coming together and all of the, the, the stars aligning, so to speak, and all of a sudden you start gaining some traction and some momentum. So don't throw in the towel too early. But again, hope you enjoyed that. Hey, I mentioned to you at the beginning of the show that we're going to be doing a giveaway for coaching. We're offering a, just a free coaching session with me. You can go to grantbaldwin.com slash giveaway. Again, that's grantbaldwin.com slash giveaway. We're going to be giving away uh, just a free one-on-one session. You and I chit-chatting up and talking about uh, anything and everything that I can do to help you and support you on your own journey to find and do work you love. Maybe you're interested in speaking. Maybe you're interested in podcasting. Maybe you're interested in, in entrepreneurship or starting a business, uh, starting some type, some type of online thing, some type of offline thing. Maybe you're looking to just transition your job and find something different. And so we're going to be uh, talking about anything and everything that you want to discuss. So again, make sure you stop by grantbaldwin.com slash giveaway and check that out. Hey, one final shout out for today's sponsor, 99designs. Listen, if you need a logo, a website, t-shirt, car wrap, whatever it is that you need, you can get it designed with 99designs. You get access to over 315,000 graphic designers. That is a lot. So make sure you stop by 99designs.com slash grant. Again, that's 99designs.com slash grant. Hey, as always, feel free to email me, grant at grantbaldwin.com. Check me out on Twitter, at grantbaldwin. Anything that I can do to help you, support you on your journey to find and do work you love, I am here for you. I'm in your corner. I'm cheering for you. Uh, I'm not putting on a cheerleading outfit, but just know that I am rooting for you and I'm pulling for you. I want you... I want you to win. I want you to be successful. I want you to do work that you love. I don't want you to wake up another morning feeling like, ah, crap, I got to do this job that I hate. It does nothing for me. I'm, I'm tired of you living like that. You're tired of living like that. So you got to get out of that rat race. You got to get out of, of doing something you hate and start pursuing something that you love. So thanks for hanging out with us. It means a lot. You're awesome. We'll talk to you again real soon. 
Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.